This is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 261. Mullen, you. How are you? <laughs> are you there? You're frozen. Uh oh. Good. <clears throat> you froze. Let's let's oh, try that, that kind of froze. <laughs> let, let's try that again. Okay. Dave Mullen, you. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Are you? I'm good. Thank you for uh, for visiting the cave once again. You're becoming a regular here. I should just give you keys to the. Batmobile at this point. <laughs> I'll take that. I can't drive, but I'll, I'll still oh, have a right. go. <laughs> I, you know what? It's funny. Listen, I was telling you, uh, I was listening back to some of our episodes just while I'm at work to pass the time to see what what did we actually talk about for two hours at a time. And uh, yeah, you did mention that you don't drive, so I should have remembered that before I offered you my car. <laughs> I mean, I'll still have a go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's if it's a superhero mobile, why not? You got to give it a shot. Yeah, although I've always really wanted Dick Dastardly's car. Dick Dastardly? What was his car? It was just this weird-looking pointy ball. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I used to do an impression of Motley, but I can't do it now because my throat's not in a good place. How are you feeling? Uh, that's the thing. I, I thank you for coming on the show, knowing that you're under the weather. I really appreciate that. That's all right. It's fine. It's just a little... I had a little... Just a little cold, and I have my booster today. So... It's probably the nanobots from Bill Gates trying to turn me into a cyborg that's that's making me feel a little bit tired. You never know in a couple of years. <laughs> How cool things. would it be? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It might be the Check only way my for us gun to, arm. Yeah, it might be the only way for us to keep up with the machines taking over as it is, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that impossible when you think about it with Metaverse now. I mean... Yeah. When are we going to admit that we're just in a brave new 1984? <laughs> now! Right? It's time to fight back. That's right. This moment in time, December 1st, when we're recording it, we called it. It's brand new 1984. Uh, <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. It is no safe. <laughs> so, um, we're, we usually do marathon episodes. This one will be a quick sprint in comparison. So, I, I'm going to call this episode a story for another time. Because I'm gonna, I want to ask you a question to lead it off with, uh, with something that we kind of dismiss. We know it's there, but we never really. I've never asked you directly. Maybe I did, and I should listen to all the episodes we've done. So if people have listened to this before, and like you've asked them that before, it's getting ridiculous. But what, what is your beef with Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars? Go. Oh wow! Yeah, this we did talk about this last time. I think we we, we brushed it. Yeah, we just brushed over it. Yeah, because um, I mentioned Secret Wars, and in my I was referring to the only Secret Wars, which is the original. <laughs> and I think you thought I meant the Hickman one, so I was kind of thinking, what? No, and then I, I, realized, I knew which no, one you meant. I don't. I don't recognize that as 
Secret Wars. So it's it's weird when when they announced it, I was really really excited because that was during a period of time when I was starting to lose interest, and Avengers was not great. I didn't like his Avengers at all. I thought it was a bit just, just it was so pretentious. Um, and then it got Secret Wars, and I thought well, it's like a multiverse version of of Secret Wars. So we just had Spider Verse, which was amazing. I absolutely loved it. Did you? I, w- then, I was surprised you liked that because I, I would say why? Um, because I feel that there's more things to pick apart with it for longtime Spider-Man fans because it was kind of a hit or miss with Spider-Man fans, I felt. Some loved it. it. Some loved it and some were like, Ugh, he needs to finish his run already. I liked it myself too. I loved it. It's just so much fun. But that's, that's what I love about it. It's pure, shameless fun and it's something that only the comics can do, really. Because, I mean, like we've had a Spider-Verse film yeah, but it's it wasn't nothing like nothing like that. No, and even even this, um, what's it called? No way home, brand yeah. new home. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean that looks like it's basically the MCU version of Spider Verse, which looks like it's then building towards Secret Wars because I understand that um, Bob Layton's been asked to, but no, Bob Layton, Jim Shooter has basically been asked to kind of was it. Something to do with the rights of Secret Wars. Is he happy for them to use Secret Wars? So they've approached him about Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they're building towards a more of a Jonathan Hickman style Secret Wars thing yeah. for the for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, yeah. That's what I think anyway. Not having really watched any of the new stuff, um, but it was just when it happened, it was just bollocks. I love that word. <laughs> Tell me why it was bollocks. Tell me. I love it, that word. I think a lot of his <laughs> stuff is all promise and no delivery. And it's it's all kind of style over substance as well. And it just I think it was one of those I think there were about three or four occasions where I've thrown the book and just gone, No <laughs> and, and chucked it, regardless of the impact it has on the book and the resale value. Um but yeah, it annoyed me. I, you know, I can't even... I've read it twice. And I thought maybe I was just in a bad mood because of... I don't know. Because yeah. the way it was going. Yeah, and I've read yeah. it again. And I, I disliked it even more. Um, so the main series... I mean, it was, it's all right. It happened. But I think part of it as well was that promise that we're going to shake it up. We're kind of going to end the Marvel Universe here. Um, and we're going to just... That'll be, that'll be the end of that story. And they're going to start again. And there was all this uproar that, like, no, too many, so many reboots. Marvel keep rebooting everything. No, they haven't. They haven't. They tried with Heroes Reborn and it failed. But they haven't really done that with anything. They've shaken things up, but they've never done a live wine, a lied, a line wide restart. Yeah. Um, so they promised all this stuff. I think they chickened out. It was a confusing marketplace as well because it was during a time when I think the Avengers films were at the height of their popularity. And so you can imagine comics fans or or potential comics fans going into a comic shop and going, where do I start? Because it was all Secret Wars tie-ins and none of it really looked like it interlinked. And it's only if you really know that stuff that you appreciate it. It's almost like they're trying to go, do you know what? We need to prove to the fans that we're not trying to turn it into the MCU. So we're going to make it impossible for any new fans to follow. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just named everything after old crossovers. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it was that Inferno miniseries, there was an Infinity Gauntlet miniseries, there was a Civil War miniseries, and so on and so forth. But it was like reading any of the additional titles didn't gain you anything. I think that the best one was Marvel Zombies. That was actually really good. That was Elsa Bloodstone in the Deadlands on Doom's Battleworld. So she's fighting all the zombies. Although I think it's not really Elsa Bloodstone because it was all multiversal versions. And then they just kind of put it back the way it was before. So it had all this build-up in Avengers and Tony Stark kind of going evil a bit and um, <clears throat> Steve Rogers aging rapidly and all these bits that were happening and a lot of storylines were culminating. There had been plot threads dangling for years. Like in Hulk, they tidied up all the extra Hulks. They kind of answered a load of questions and... And it looked like, you know what, we're actually going to see the end, how this story ends, how this universe-sized story ends in our lifetime. That, to me, was really exciting, and I probably would have carried on if they then relaunched. But it just felt like another bit of a dangle in front of your face, and then <laughs> forget it. Um, it. Sorry, I can't hear me stick my fingers up in the air when, on a... <laughs> so it's, it's more the the failure to deliver the promise as opposed to the story yeah. or the art like did you enjoy the the actual product of the book well that, when i read it the second time what i wanted to do was read it without tie-ins and just take it for what it was but it was just so numbing um and i think like Part of the problem, and it's probably because I've been around too long, is the first Secret Wars introduced so many changes, whereas this promised change, and then it didn't really deliver anything. I mean, even even like where they kind of restart the multiverse afterwards, they didn't. Because we've still seen all the same stuff. The, the other parallel universes are all essentially back, I think, is my understanding. It just... I think it's it's really hard not to feel that when you're reading it, if you, if you know that stuff, it's hard to unknow it, you know. Right, right, um, right, right. And I couldn't. I think in my mind, I couldn't get past it. I could read it again now and go, actually, it's all right. But I think I haven't read like many of Hickman's. What, what did I like? Fantastic Four was amazing. Uh, Secret Warriors was good fun. I haven't liked any of his indie stuff at all. East of West, I really liked it at first, but when you actually give it any thought, it's just vapid. Like, it's just... It, again, it's style over substance. I know a lot of people like it, and that's fine, because not everyone cares if it's style over substance. So if that isn't a problem for you, you might love it. Yeah. But I just, I don't like it. It's the equivalent kind of see a special effects film and go, wow, look at those explosions, weren't they great? What happened to the characters? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I I have a similar experience with him as a writer because I I'm not sure how I feel about him. Um, I'm hit or miss. He's he's this heralded comic book savior. He mm. comes in and oh he'll save it. Thank goodness he came on X Men. And as X Men uh, House of X and Powers of Ten series was coming out, I don't like saying Hox Pox. It sounds stupid. <laughs> It sounds like something you need a vaccine for. Yeah, it's it sounds dumb. Um, but it was for those listening, you know, fans that don't go to a comic book shop every week, but like superheroes and they and they want to, you know, gave this a shot. The X Men were basically they went from 
the glory of the 80s and 90s being the team of Marvel with Spider-Man being the character along with like Wolverine like that was kind of accepted gospel if you will like that was the dogma X-Men is the team and every other team is secondary to them Spider-Man is your guy and then Wolverine's cool too yeah and there was great books not saying no other characters count but that's kind of you know the the understanding and by the two mid 2000s x-men were slowly trailing away into i wouldn't say obscurity but it, it wasn't good it wasn't a good i mean after morrison and it's fine i posted something on instagram recently about morrison's run and the majority of the comments were really negative and i was really surprised because i loved it because it felt like a shake-up even if it was not yeah that's a polarizing classic. It's one of those yeah. classics that I haven't read myself because I don't know how I would feel about it. But you've got people who loved it because it was new and different and took chances. And then people who said, yeah. this is just not my team. So with Joss Whedon coming back, I love Astonishing X-Men myself. I think it's a really fun book. Um, but again, as far as a comic book reader is concerned, if you were to suggest to somebody here's a story to read it wouldn't be anything during that brian michael bendis avengers era you know like avengers became the 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 team of marvel along with yeah, the movies it like it reflected it, what was happening in the movies reflected in the comics it's tricky with that era because as much as i loved it i love that bendis era of new avengers um it's hard to follow. So when you say to people, honestly, this is the best run, and then you go, right, I need to kind of put together a reading order for you, or you, you're just not going to be able to follow it. Because it's like New Avengers, and they added Mighty Avengers, plus they had Civil War and House of M in there. Then they had, I mean, eventually they had Dark Avengers, but you've got Secret Invasion in there. There's a whole load of potential tie-in books that you could, some you could leave, some you kind of can't. World War Hulk sits in there, technically, somewhere, um, I do I do know where because I'm anal and I've got a huge spreadsheet with everything on. Um, <laughs> nerd. I will put that together. As, nerd! I will put that together at some point. Because I started doing a reading order for 2004, then 2005, then I got to 2006 when I just need a break because it's so complex. Like, Because yeah. really you need to read Annihilation in there as well to fully appreciate where the Marvel Universe but that, is. But you're, you're, you're approaching it the way I would appreciate it because yeah. because I like knowing as much as I can and reading whatever's great I think for a person saying like what's a cool Avengers story like, where, yeah. where do I jump on I wouldn't give them out your reading order unless no, they no. were deadly serious yeah it's a commitment yeah yeah I agree so getting back to our Hickman tangent or our where we started uh, he was gonna rescue the the X Men, right? And yeah. uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed House of X and Powers of Ten, and I was excited of of what was coming along. And I I waited, I didn't jump on, and go for the ride. I said, let me let me see how this affects everybody, and and it ends up in the end, right? Okay. Um, and I have no interest in reading it from from the reviews, positive people from people who loved it. To people who are like, yeah, it's good, man. I have no, like, I'm not clamoring for that omnibus to collect it all. It just, it seems strange. It seems like it was uh, a lot of style over substance. 
Mm. I mean, the thing as well that I, I was really disappointed by, because I, I thought, I'm going to try it. <clears throat> I'll give it a shot. I read three chapters, so it would have been like one issue of one series, two of another. They brought Moira back, and I just went, no, because this is why I left. Stop bringing people back. Just stop it. It's pointless. Like, it makes no actual sense to do what he did with her. Um, and there was no benefit to it. And it wasn't a cool idea. And there were people going, it's such a cool idea. And I thought, I'm going to see what people are saying about this. And, and I'm just... I was thinking, like, people are going to go, why? Why do you keep doing this? And they weren't. They're going, this is such a great idea. Like, I don't think it is. And if he's just going to do this, and then it turns out he did just start resurrecting everybody. And again, that's the thing. That's why I stopped. Death has no meaning. If death has no meaning, I mean, that should be the ultimate threat. But you can do it with some characters on occasion. But you can't just do it across the board i'm t- so obviously i've got that um obviously everybody knows <laughs> i've got an ongoing series on instagram at the moment that i add occasionally which is uh, book of the dead where are they now hmm. um and i thought oh I bet i'll do one for tomorrow and it's um viper the original viper not madam hydra but th- the guy who was viper and hardly anyone even knows who he is like he was, he was around for such a short amount of time, and then she killed him and took the name Viper, basically. So that's why she's called Viper. Okay. Um, and I thought this would be a quick one to put together because he was around for about two years. No one will remember him or care. Um, no, he's been brought back. <laughs> and the thing is, they brought him back and didn't explain it at all. So they brought back a character after 42 years. You've already got a Viper floating around. Why have you, d- why have you done this? And, and there's no reasons to why you... It just doesn't make any sense. And it just takes away that threat. Some characters do need to stay dead. And I know that some resurrections have worked. Like Bucky, I think really worked. Some people I know still don't like it. And that's fine. But I thought it really worked. That they was an exciting count. time. They made it count. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It it wasn't arbitrary and sloppy and for you simply to tell your story. Like from from what I had heard of Brubaker in podcasts before, when they would ask him about that, he said this was kind of something that I had thought about since I was a kid with Bucky. Mm-hmm. And so that investment of imagination and time and execution all to get like the Winter Soldier is a kick ass character and. Yeah. It's cool in the movie. It's cool in the comic book. It it just works, like you said. It, it's it's one of those things it, that you're happy they brought back. But um, to know that that nothing, I guess I guess you're right. Knowing that the stakes don't matter with the X Men because we have tricks up our sleeves that we can cheat all the time. It makes things. Uh, it's cheap. It's, it's cheap. cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to Especially play. Especially is that's a good way to play. Like, Two months before they bring people back, they announced that a, a major character dies. You know, I think just before um, House of Powers of Balls, um, <laughs> they they announced certain characters were going. Like, this character is going to die. That character is going to die. There's a death of this. There's death of X. Or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matthew Rosenberg. The characters. Yeah, yeah. Matthew. And then they just came back anyway, like a couple of months later. Just seriously. Why are you bothering? Nothing has any weight. You're sucking the weight out of this, Marvel. 
Yeah, uh, but I think I think the business I think the business of these two companies has changed in the sense that they really got to cater um, to audiences of moviegoers, cater to I think people's ideologies and politics now. And I'm not saying they never did that throughout time because clearly Stan Lee had his own ideologies that he put in the book. But there was a um, I don't know. There was a consistency as well as I don't feel that things were as like obvious, like so forced where you can't unsee it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel that these companies now are working in, in those, in those, I don't know, vacuum is the right word, but it's, it's the, the creative juice of it all is, is no longer important because before no. it was stories, right? You were selling kids stories and I'm rereading uh, Amazing Spider-Man from Roger Stern right now, and there's a lot of kiddie Saturday morning cartoon aspects to it, but there's also that sort of slow burn of a relationship. Like this is a day of Spider-Man, and he's thinking about that date with Deborah Whitman on his mind because he's got to go and and see Aunt May's new fiance. Like that's the issue I just read, and it's these slow character things that. Yeah. You don't look at Nathan Lubinsky and think, I'm so happy that we have, you know, representation for those in wheelchairs. You just accept that he's a character, you know? And Captain America, um, I think it was Jam DeMatteis who had a Captain America, one of his best friends that lived in his apartment building was was a gay man. Yeah. And it was early 80s, wasn't it? Early, early. And it's his best friend and he rescues him from the Red Skull for numerous reasons and you never read it as a as a um clickbaity reason to buy the issue something big is happening because of it was they, they there was an agenda with the x-men to make you be accepting of people but they didn't tell you i don't know it was different it was just it was always there but maybe maybe this is my bias and i think that happens with all of these stories where it's just like you're you're restarting and and cheating, making things cheap to try to now give a new narrative to refresh the character. That's the characters. That's what they do. Wolverine is. This is Wolverine. We all know who Wolverine is. And when you write him differently to accommodate, it doesn't work. No, because that that's the problem. I mean, like we've read these characters for so long. They're they're established in our minds. Yeah. So you can't then twist them into a new a new narrative like you say it just doesn't work and that's why I think part of the reason why I thought like after Secret Wars do what you want yeah you start again. do what yeah. you want yeah and that's fine if you want to base it on the, the cinematic universe do it I mean they're your characters you can do what you want anyway but instead of doing this weird shoehorning and I think they're, they're in this weird position as well now where if they don't announce I think or if they feel if they don't announce diverse characters People don't know they're there. But if they don't, um, I don't know. If, I guess they feel like they're down if they do, down if they don't, basically. If they don't announce it, people don't know they're there. But I keep losing my thread during that. Uh, it's the cyborg part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if they, when they do announce it, they get that backlash because people are going, why are you selling a character based on, you know, whatever it, it might be? And it just looks like a political agenda. 
it's, and, it's, they're damned either way. That's and that's that's the thing. I think both of them now are in these weird places where there's so much multimedia associated with it, and I'm not. I don't know. I'm sure moviegoers is what drives their business, but you don't get the 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 comic books is the idea farm for what is going to make these movies work or not work. And you can see, you can see. For instance, I don't know. If, have you do you care about the Eternals? Not remotely. Okay, will you watch that movie? No. Okay, so I can spoil... Spoilers for anyone watching, <laughs> for anyone listening. I haven't done an Eternals review, but I'm going to just talk about it. Um, it, it. It's not good. It's, it's not good. That's not the spoiler. It's not good in the sense that there weren't very many good comics about it. That, that's the point I'm making. Yeah. The idea farm for what you get... And that's a weird way to express it, but basically what it is, you're you're milking all of these stories, right? <laughs> Pun intended, and you're making the Winter Soldier, you're making Civil War, you're making the Infinity Gauntlet adaptations, but you don't get any of that without the ideas from the source, yeah. right? And with the Eternals, there isn't much to begin with, and there isn't any that's really worthy to talk about. Like nobody, I don't know anybody who would ever say to me, "The Eternals is my shit." Like that's my book. <laughs> no one ever in a comic book shop said Neil Gaiman's The Eternal is in my top five. Nobody. I read that twice. I can't remember it. That's can't what remember I, it. That's what I mean. So these books, being good, strong stories, they can't just be good, strong stories because now we can make this character such and such. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the the good thing when you read an independent book or a Kickstarter book, people are making the book they want to make, and there's yeah. a, there's there is the diversity, but but it's not at all. It doesn't feel. Some people may make it you know too obvious, but and some people say you know what screw it, I want to make a faux Conan type of book where he just goes around slays people and lays with women. That's the mm-hmm. book I want to make, and there's an audience that'll be like, "Yeah, like, thank you. That's what we've been. We, that's why we like Conan, you know." Yeah, they're doing that, aren't they? Isn't that? Excuse me. Someone's isn't it called the Sumerian? I think so. I th- I think I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know. I just it's it's one of those things where you're getting to a point. Like I I'm interested in the Secret Wars revolt that you had because. I was trying to keep up with all the new comics. This was a time for me to now be in on Marvel. Yeah. And retroactively catching up, but I'm like here I am. I'm I'm switching sides in a way, you know. But uh you you do see like uh, it really starts to things just don't matter anymore because it's it's yeah. Whatever you you whatever you made us invest in we don't even need to invest. We don't need to be invested in stories anymore. And as nerdy and as like, why are you bitching and moaning because Spider-Man broke up with his girlfriend? Like, what's wrong with you? Get go outside and play with some <laughs> friends, right? But it's the same reason why people bitch and moan about uh, Game of Thrones season eight because they invested time and and talking about it and it was mean. There was meaning to those stories for you. Well, this this is the th- you get into these things for the characters. You follow the characters, and it doesn't matter how many times I see people going, "Yeah, but who won the fight? Who won the fight?" In whatever, po- I did I did a post 
Yeah. So that's like I'm slating direct people. I'm not. <clears throat> but I posted the uh, Uncanny X Men 201 cover, Storm versus Cyclops. And I hinted at the outcome. But it's like, who won the fight? That was like, but it's not about the fight. It's about the fact that Cyclops should be more worried about his family right. than leading the X Men. Right. It's about what happens to Cyclops then when he doesn't win. And that's where it follows into X Factor. Right. It's about the characters. They're the people we follow. <laughs> yeah, there are fights, because that's what it's all about to a degree. But overall, it's about character. And it feels like if you're tweaking those characters to suit whatever your current agenda is they're not those characters anymore so why are we following I, like i think that was the problem as well like seeing seeing those characters alter when you get to hickman's run as well of avengers captain america isn't steve rogers it's steve rogers but he acts nothing like steve rogers hmm. he's grim and he's he's almost like the ultimate version yeah yeah and it's, and it's not that character and people and people will we talked about this before when we were referring to i think civil war or it was mark wade's captain america run that's where we were talking about it call back to that but captain america is is a patriot representing the the constitution all of it and he's not on anyone's side politically like he wouldn't in his country he, he wouldn't he wouldn't tell you who he voted for he wouldn't wear anyone's button he wouldn't uh endorse like that's that's the point of the character is he is in a in a in a ephemeral ray he is the dream yeah and it's funny because like, as a person as that dream if he you know if that's what he represents he's like a really nice guy yeah not in a in like a boring way no he's the guy you want to be friends be with yeah, you quite happily hang out with him, even though he'd feel a bit uncomfortable. He's, he's quite as sweet and endearing, but he's also incredibly impressive. So when he turns up, you kind of go, whoa, it's Cap. Right, so there, there was a, um, one issue in particular, it was when I had that little epiphany, and it was during the DG Chichester Tony Daniel, I think it was, run of Daredevil, when Tony Daniel started drawing like uh, Frank Miller's Sin City kind of art style so it's very heavy shadows and um it's very you know stark black and white elements with hints of color i like that style i, th I think it really worked for daredevil but anyway there's one there's one issue where cap just comes in and it's just cap stood there and he's this this silhouette with the the only thing you kind of see that's not a silhouette i think is the star maybe a couple of the stripes and you just go like whoa he's just a presence you know, and that's that's the weird thing. It's it almost doesn't make sense. He's this big, imposing, broad-shouldered man who is incredibly caring, smiling, and happy, and wants the right thing to happen. Um, but he's not afraid to show any emotion. And then you get to Hickman's run, and you go, "It's just a, a soldier. It's just an angry soldier, basically." You're like that isn't who Captain America is. That was the weird thing with like when I kind of realized, oh, I think I now understand that character. And then you kind of go, oh, no, actually, no, he's not that anymore. What? what? But did, did you find that Brubaker got that cap or was he the one who, who maybe made that character turn dark? I think the storylines were still dark, but they're still, it, he is in a lot of ways Marvel Superman. Yeah. He's got that hopefulness to him, yeah. positivity to him, a will that things can be better. Um, and that's that you can, you can put those characters into darker stories 
but it doesn't necessarily change that character. Like when you do it with Daredevil, I think maybe it's a little bit different because you put him through the ringer and it brings out this dick yeah. side of Matt Murdock. Yeah. You know, and then he kind of has to stop himself, I think, from becoming. Excuse me. Go ahead. Pardon Go ahead. you. <laughs> he has to stop himself from becoming something he shouldn't be. Like, like when he, I mean, it's not actually that it's about. I'm rereading the build up to Shadowland when he joined the hand, <clears throat> but he cuts off. He's still worried about his friends and he's still trying to, he's desperately trying to do this thing because he thinks it's the right reasons, but it's quite a dark storyline. Um, but with Cap, I don't, you don't necessarily, he doesn't go dark, but the stories can go dark. Mm. Does that kind of make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, I hear, I hear exactly what you're saying. Yeah. I um, can't think of a good one where he's, where it's been really dark, but I think that thing where he's like reading Hickman on Avengers and you're going, we've got that chin strap thing and you're just kicking people in the face. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not Steve Rogers. Yeah. I mean, I have, uh, I enjoy the Hickman's Avengers, and then I don't understand a damn thing about it, uh, I'll admit. I, I was enjoying the time runs out part, because I under, at least understood the concept of something's coming to a conclusion, stakes are high, things are getting real, and this mm-hmm. is a ride, you know, like, I'm, this ride towards this thing is, is fun, I'm enjoying it, um, but yeah, it's it's uh i don't i even think he doesn't he's not really sure about his his avengers run from what he has said i don't think it means anything so i don't know how he can be sure i think he just puts cool shit on a page yeah and how it kind of and it's one of those things as well where it's very the approach a lot of people take when someone goes i i didn't i don't i don't like that so other people can jump on it and you just didn't understand it because you get that with a lot of the modern Christopher Nolan films. I was going to say, is Jonathan Hickman the Christopher Nolan of comics? Yeah, <laughs> I think he is. Wow, yeah. And that's again, good. that's a lot of style over substance. And it's a lot of, there are some good ideas in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's like, let's just throw some pretentious wank on top of it, sprinkling of ball bags. And, and, <laughs> and then if you put your hand up and go, I don't think that really made sense. And someone else goes, you just didn't get it. It's the same situation all over again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Just bringing up that Secret Wars was amazing. We're almost <laughs> at 35 minutes. See, this is what I was worried about. I got more things to ask you. Okay, let's play editorial. Who's your favorite character of all time? Cassidy from Preacher. Okay. Um, Marvel character. Like, like whatever I guess Cassidy from Preacher you can't really okay if you want it let's say you want to play would you want to be the editor of Preacher if they relaunch the book I didn't finish it to know how it ends that's why I was saying maybe pick somebody different okay so I'll pick someone different if should we go for a mainstream yeah I'm gonna be an absolute knob again Mr. Immortal who <laughs> I love Mr. Immortal. He is one of my favorite characters. Okay, Mr. Immortal. Oh, Mr. Immortal. Ja- Jamie Madrox. Okay. Would Jamie Madrox work? Of course. Okay, let's pick Jamie Madrox. Okay, they're, they're <clears> launching a Jamie <throat> Madrox <throat> book. You're the editor. Who, okay. Who would you reach out to to write and draw it? Um, it's got to be Peter David. Ah, that's easy. There's no one else. It says, yeah, maybe I should pick someone less easy. 
but again, this is the thing that comes down to the person that wrote a lot of this stuff. So if I, if you said like, I'm trying to think, who, who can I pick that's not an easy win? <laughs> uh, go, with, go with Madrox. That's fair. I'll go with Madrox. Go with, It'll go be Peter David. But he doesn't always get the best artists. And I kind of feel like Marvel want him to fail. Mm. He's had some good artists on, like Ryan Sook. He's had David, David Yardin drew covers, but I don't know if he drew interiors. I can't remember the top of my head, but even the X Factor run, the art varies a bit, but there's some great stuff in there. There's also some where you kind of think, I wish they'd kind of shake up the art team. Right. A bit, but it does feel like Marvel are always trying to force him off something. They mm. did it with Captain Marvel. They did it with the Hulk. I really want to read his Captain Marvel. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's a, nice a lot of people who have read it are very fond of it, and there isn't really a way to collect it. I hope they do. I hope they do. It's an omnibus. That's an omnibus, and it's a, it's a fairly straightforward omnibus because there aren't many crossovers and that'd be great events. It, it, I mean, you, there's two. They did two series of it. Um, so they could do it all as one, possibly, but they could easily do it as two books. I don't think it'd be that confusing for okay. people. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be really cool if they did that. For Peter Even David and for fans. Yeah. And when That's I think it. I think the way that we um now communicate with fandom where we make videos or, or do podcasts and, and talk about these books that have come out, we see them and, and someone will say, This is a really great but oh I'm so happy they made like the, the people who love it will let you know how much they love it. I think suddenly those collections become more than what they were just as a single issue series now they become yeah. like that's that's a must-have that i didn't know it's a dark horse collectible in a way yeah right i hope they do that that'd be cool i they do um i mean that's the, when, when you look at his there's a lot of peter david stuff that i mean weirdly his dc books i've struggled with a bit more and i don't know why but his marvel stuff when he's on a marvel book you generally know it's him mm-hmm um, and it's the quality is awesome. It's so well thought through. It's funny. It's to every emotion you can go through on a Peter David book, and it's just it's it's brilliant. I remember when he was going, "Oh, please, please don't spoil X Factor Thirty Seven, anyone." I'm like, I think you're probably safe there, Pete. No one's reading it, but I mean, they should be. <laughs> but I didn't see any spoilers at all because people just weren't talking about X Factor. Please, please someone jump on it get excited about x factor such a good series i was thinking of all the other characters that you may pick and i said he's gonna pick peter david as a writer no matter who it is for some reason that was my guess and that that may not be correct but i just knew how your fondness for peter david how strong it is kind of across the board because he's just consistently good yeah I think it'd be interesting to like if you said Captain America. If I said Captain America, I don't know if it would work. Hmm. It would be an interesting attempt, though. Mm. I'd like to see yeah. how he. I would like to see how he goes about it. How whether it's an interesting perspective or a ah, you failed on that one, Pete. Like you went a little too far with it. Maybe you know. I don't know. I think he knows what he likes that, and he, he tends to he tends not to go with the big names. I mean, he wrote Spider Man for a bit. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he's been on the odd bigger book. I can't really remember. 
which ones off the top of my head. But um, generally, he goes with the characters no one cares about. And I think that's part of the charm. He makes you care about characters you previously reading in the crap about five minutes earlier. No one was buying Hulk. No one was buying Hulk. They were going to cancel it. So he went, I'll tell you, he came up from the sales department. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to jump from sales to writing. But he did. Yeah. Um, and it was on a series no one, no one, really no one gave a crap about. And then he had freedom. And that's the other benefit with him. Like, he, when he has creative freedom, he's great. And then when it starts to do really well, Marvel go, yeah, you need to kind of do what we want now because it's, it's selling. Right. So interesting how, how uh, the tables turn when now you're getting a winner and it's and now you want to futz with it like why yeah what what makes you like what where do you think he's not gonna people are reading it for that reason yeah until they you've got to win the formula yeah unless unless something he's doing makes the sales drop uh don't mess around with that yeah and yeah just promote it yeah yeah exactly exactly and give him great artists to work with yeah um do you read current stuff? Do you keep up with things that come out weekly? Um, I know you don't no, with Marvel. Do you do with anything else? I don't else? with anybody. I think what I generally tend to do is I see what... Um, so I get emails from Image, um, Dark Horse, and sometimes I have a look and see what they've got coming out as singles. So I kind of think, oh, I'll make a note of that and I'm, I'm, I might pick up the trade. But it's really hard to get single issues here and it's also incredibly expensive compared to trace i kind of feel like like when we've got this big paper shortage and all these other dramas why don't we just switch to just doing the trades <laughs> just yeah. do one thing stick to it yeah no it's true i uh i got out of the habit for one of going to the the, the shop because you couldn't um I don't get really excited anymore for single issue. I get excited for a series launch and, you know, maybe being on the ground floor for a mini series and and know it. But there isn't anything currently that's taking place in either of these companies that interest me or that I really have um, an emotional investment in. Unless I'm going to be chatting with someone who's currently writing something, and I'd like to, you know, kind of know what's going on and and their storytelling choices, but. Nah, I'm I'm very happy with the fact that we've got this other part of collecting, which is the collected editions and the hardcovers yeah. and all these different ways to read things from wherever they came from, whatever decade. I love that because it's not it's not always this race to the store and get that issue and and you know then put it in a bag and <laughs> not know when I'm gonna read it again. You know, just to say that yeah. I got it. Now I, I I I do it. People say all the time, "What's in your collection? You got expensive stuff." I'm like, maybe if this character if this character becomes a big hit, yeah. But I mostly buy to read them. Like that's what I want. I want something to read, not something to hide. Do you miss getting the big pile, taking the big pile home? It, whether it's like new new books or sit or or maybe some old ones in there as well. When you have a little browse and. Oh yeah. Got a stack. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I miss the newsstand, the spinner rack. I miss that a lot. I miss uh, when I got into comics, and it was after certain of big events, so it was good jumping on points. I loved going every week and knowing that okay, this is the week that this book comes out, or this is the week that 
you, you get into these you, you start learning the I guess the business and the ritual aspect of going to a comic shop and then having those moments where you're really excited of like oh that's cool I didn't know that's a thing or that you you know that's coming out um, that was always exciting too so yeah I do miss I do miss that stack and, and being up to speed on what's just happened you know that that's, yeah. that's a ton of fun um, but I don't like anything that's happening <laughs> so <coughs> sorry I think that's the problem. Like for me, the, the, with the big companies, would I have gone back? Nothing's nothing's making me want to go back to single issues, because part of it is because when you've got it all lined up like this, why would you ruin it? I've got that little pile of comics that I can't. They're never going to collect over there in the corner. Um, but they're a pain. They don't store very well. They, you know, they don't. It's it's nice. I remember like when I take a trip to Brighton, where they got Dave's Comics in Brighton. And I'd spend like 150 quid and we have two carrier bags worth of yeah, yeah. comic yeah, single yeah. issues. And I'd, and, you know, I'd <laughs> turn the tape yeah, to make yeah. sure they didn't rip off the bit of the cover and <laughs> put them in order. I used to do that as yeah. well, like we get all those X-Men issues in the early 90s. Yeah. And you kind of go, right, I'm going to try and put them in order because that's where this whole obsession yes. came from. I'm going to put all this in order. And I'm going to slot in my Infinity Gauntlets in there. And then I'm gonna, basically my collection was chronological. Beautiful. <laughs> this I is a real hypothetical like, moment, isn't it? No, I, 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 look, when we always reference the movie, people, high fidelity, how are you re- organizing them this time? And it's like, I'm doing it based off of, I forgot what he did. It's like breakups and oh, something uh, like that. Oh, no, I can't remember the line. Yeah, something like that. And that's when he goes, whoa. Yeah. He's like, can Dick, I help you? And uh, I totally understood that. Autobiographical. Autobiographical. Right? Mm-hmm. And I remember when I had a, a stack of CDs, I used to organize them differently depending on how many I owned at the time. You know? There was a... Yeah. There was a this is really geeky. I had like a, a faux toolbox's worth. It was like a... Um, kind of like a long box, but I could I could see the top of it. Right, it was kind of like that, and it was just the right height to put your CDs in. So I was, I was always going from my parents Mm -hmm. back and forth from my parents to um, my mom, my dad's, my mom's, my dad's, and I wanted whatever I had to feel like home with me. So as my collection grew, my CD collection grew. So I would travel with fifty discs like a DJ, right, (laughs) to have CDs because we didn't have iPods then. No. And and I remember I, I get the little zip case. I ended up getting a zip case because my yeah. collection just grew that much more. But in the beginning, I wanted the booklets and I wanted to know who the producers were. I wanted the whole experience of the album if I was going to listen to it, right? And I remember, I, long story short, I color coordinated how the albums looked, so they all blended in based on color. So it was like a like a painter's tile. Very stupid. A friend of mine. A friend of mine. No, it's, it's not. The thing is, like, a friend of mine does that with books. Yeah. So when you go to her house, it's all color. And like, but it drives her husband nuts because I think some some are part of a different series, so they end up getting separated. Yeah, you, like, can't, you can't do that. You can't separate. You can't separate them. Yeah. No, you can't do that. Exactly. Yeah. So I love hearing uh, how people organize their collab. That's my my shelf too. Is in alphabetical, chronological based off of 
um, even just the trade trim. So all the hard covers at the top are alphabetical, chronological, but they're all of the big Marvel Now hardcover series they did. So okay. all those spines line up, and it looks. Oh, like, they're all together. And and like the same thing with the Epic Collection. I got an Epic Collection shelf, and those are in the same sort of thing. So if anyone wants to read something, like my wife, no one else would be coming here. To, but they would know, like, okay, this is where to start. Like this is first in, in yeah. order. And it's easy for me too. So I love hearing like, yeah, your your long boxes. You threw Infinity Gauntlet in between the where it needed to go because you understood. This is the way I'm going to yeah. read the universe. That's amazing. <laughs> it's funny. I mate of mine as well used to used to come over and take the lids off and try and turn, change the order. He knew it would piss me off. <clears throat> but in the end, he start, I started going like, what you, why have you just pulled out Infinity Gauntlet number... Th- I'm sort of saying Infinity Gauntlet. Cloak and Dagger number 14. He went yeah. like, what? Like, you just... Cause you can name these without by just looking at an inch of the cover. Yeah. So then he started just doing that. He'd pull out a comic and just show me a corner. Wow. Mason Spider-Man 406. <laughs> yeah, how? <laughs> I'll tell you the artist as well if you want. Proper full-on nerd. But uh, can, you, can you do that with other stuff too, though? I can't do it anymore because I, kind of, I, I kind of lost my memory a bit in the, um, about 15 years ago. Um, and that's why I started doing the Marvel, comic card, Marvel Comics card because I thought... I was going to lose my memory so I started um, I started making a note of everything so I was using that as a way to keep track of the order of all the crossovers and stuff because I always love the crossovers so the whole thing originally was in chronological order so as you went to the first entry that was 1960 whatever it was with this storyline and then when I missed one I'd have to go back and put that entry in between enough it was a nightmare that, and that's why I changed it since. That sounds like a story for another time. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. It sounds like a, like the origin story of a superhero. <laughs> I didn't get bitten by anything. Like. Yeah. So we're under an the hour. We we did it. We can wrap up here. Uh, that was fun. There's so much more to talk about. Um, but but I'll let you go and rest up. Thank you, man. Appreciate and, it. And we will be uh, we will revisit in I think two weeks' time is the plan. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So if you guys enjoyed this conversation, the next one will be even more in depth. We're gonna get into some character details and fun stuff. Of uh, if you're new to, I think I think the the way I see this podcast going in general is being very friendly to new readers. I I really yeah. like that sort of it's jump, a good idea. jumping on point podcast for people who like this stuff but don't feel like they want to be completely left out of the conversation yeah. right yeah that sounds cool we could do that so the next episode yeah, we're, we're going to go down that sort of path where we're going to maybe focus on a character and what you can look into if you want to read them. uh-huh all right dave Molyneux, sounds good. thank you so much it's always a blast thank you man i really appreciate it I hope you feel better, and I hope the nanobots don't eat your brain. (laughs) (laughs) They can just replace it with a better one. It's fine. That's right. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Stay tuned for more. Talk to you later. Bye.